0: Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Most people think of improv as being funny. The big idea today is that improv is much more than just being funny. There are many ways that improv can be woven into the business world, especially when it comes to communications. That's what I discussed today with Bill Prinzavalli in this episode. Bill is an organizational consultant and transformational coach who incorporates mindfulness practices, and improvisational techniques to help leaders move beyond traditional success. We discuss the concept of deep listening and how it applies to business, examples of what happens in the business world when deep listening isn't embraced and what to do instead, how entrepreneurs can embrace improv to grow their businesses, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Bill, thank you for being here. I appreciate you making the time. Oh, my pleasure, Mark. Looking forward to it. And I'd love to jump right in. We are talking about improv in the business world, which is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that business leaders are improvising every day. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Can you speak more to that? What's the story there? Certainly. Uh, yeah, Mark, uh,
1: I've been in business a long time. And I've also uh, studied and, and performed improv for, for a lot of years. And, and I recognize that in the business world, no matter how much a leader knows his craft, they're improvising every day. There are always new situations, always new twists and turns, always thoughts. And so business people recognize that. Uh, at least the, when I, when they hear me, I think they will recognize that, I'm sure they will. And they have to come up with solutions. And this is what management does, right? Problems are presented to them and they have to come up with solutions. Now, how do they do that? Usually they're using the vast ex- amount of experience they've had in the past, however many years they've been in business, and utilizing that in a way that makes sense. Uh, what I wanna do is to convince them and, and encourage them to do that mindfully, and I know that's a big word, but that's that's really what I want to help them do, since they do it anyway. What do you tell, talk more about mindfully? What do you mean by that? Okay, uh, <clears throat> with with mindfulness, uh, I want them to take into account what's going on with them and what's going on with the environment around them. So what does that mean? Number one, I want them to assess their personal feelings, and you know, you want to call that your gut feeling, your emotional feelings, whatever you want to do. It's mm-hmm, it's part mm-hmm. of the intuitive process, but I want them <clears throat> to take that into account. Number one as opposed to just doing something that they think is the right thing to do, that maybe their boss uh, or some outside external influence uh, might be convincing them to do. I want them to assess what's really going on inside of them, as well as what's going on around them, meaning if they have employees in front of them, what are their employees saying and doing, And, and, and what is the environment, you know, like they say, read the room. So, so mindfulness really is just a general word that really means awareness. Mm-hmm. And I say awareness of yourself and awareness of the situation around you. As they say, read the room before you speak. And, 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 and I'm saying tune into yourself to see if what you're thinking is really coming from a, a deep wisdom from inside of you, or if it's coming from some
0: influence that's outside of you that may or may not be accurate. It sounds like we're getting into what you brought up deep listening and i know that with the improv and there's even the title of an improv book probably multiple ones yes and is the most famous well-known rule of improv but you talk about other things like deep listening and the conscious communication cycle could you speak more to that what do you mean by deep listening sure in the improvisational
1: format uh several principles are absolutely required Yes, the the yes and principle is sort of a traditional uh, process, but uh, let's take it from the beginning. The first thing that has to happen, let's say if you and I are on stage, Mark, all right? And Mm -hmm. you come out first, that means you have an idea. I come out to join you. Well, I better listen to you because if I don't, I've got nothing and there's an audience out there waiting. So if you say something like, hey, Bill, dinner was great last night. Okay, the first thing I have to do is listen to the words But the second thing, and more important, is to listen to the sentiment under the words. Mm. Because if you say, if you say, hey Bill, dinner last night was really great, the audience knows it wasn't great. And if I don't address that, the audience is going to say, hey, wait, 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 he's, you know, it wasn't great, you know, I want to know. Ask him about that. Ask him why it wasn't great. The audience is smart. Secondly, there's another piece which is really not taught in many improv schools, and that is. I need to assess my personal emotional reaction to what you said. Let's say, for example, you said it, okay, hey, Bill, dinner was great last night, and I've got a surprised look on my face. If I don't speak to that, the audience again is going to say, hey, wait, 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 you're surprised. Don't give them that other comment. You know, I want to know what your surprise is. So I have to assess that. Uh, as opposed to just thinking from my head in terms of what a response might be—a response that might make you feel better or might make me feel better, etc.—instead of just thinking from your mind, assess my feelings. So if I'm surprised, I have to speak that somehow. So I might have to say, "Hey, Mark, I'm surprised to hear that. I mean, this was a special dinner that we had planned." Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I have to incorporate that into some authentic response to you. And yes, in, in traditional improv, you have to say yes and, which of course means that I cannot deny the fact that we had dinner last night, but I have to say, yeah, you know, dinner was, was, was terrific, but I thought it was great, and then, and then speak that. Then you would begin that cycle by deep listening to me, assessing your feelings, and giving me an authentic response. And then I would do this. That's the cycle of a basic premise of, of improvisation.
0: Could you give a few examples in the business world of that? Whether you've experienced it yourself or just a story that you heard? Sure. Sure. I think a, a good
1: example is when an employee comes to a manager with an idea. All right. And uh and let's say the manager's busy, which is not an unusual situation. The employee comes, hey boss, you know, I got this great idea for the meeting next Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. And too frequently the boss might just shut that down. The boss might just say, look, I'm busy right now, Uh, you know, I, I don't want to hear it or come back later. Well, obviously they didn't listen and they didn't listen deeply. So what happens in that case, the employee really gets discouraged. I mean, they came in with a great idea. And it's almost like a child coming to the parent, right? Hey, mommy, daddy, I got a great idea, I got a great idea, and the parent just shuts them down. What happens to the kid? You can see the whole energy field just contracts and squashes, they're disappointed. Well, it's the same, we're all human. And so it's the same with an employee and an employer. So if the employer doesn't really acknowledge that, the employee is gonna be discouraged, go back, might not come back with another idea for a while. So what I want the employer to do is to take a second. It really only takes maybe three to four seconds if you think about it. Just look at the employee, tune in, and get the sentiment under there. Take a look at that. Are they really excited about this? Are they disappointed? Are they concerned? Are they stressed? Uh, are, are they, you know, what is what is going on with the employee? It takes three seconds, and mm-hmm. then to acknowledge that somehow. Hey John, I see that you're really excited about that, but I'm running into a meeting right now. Can we talk about this at four o'clock? And and then come later, you know, you can you can have that conversation. And I I see about three different examples here on how an employer can respond to that. All right. Number one, they can just shut that person down. That's a horrible idea. Number two, they have to acknowledge, they have to get the sentiment under what the employee is saying and acknowledge that and then respond with something authentic like, hey, let's talk about that later. Now, even if the employer thinks it's a bad idea, right, there's a teaching moment there. Instead of just shutting that person down saying, you know, bad idea, go get another one. Instead of that, I suggest what they do is they ask that employee questions, leading them to the fact and conclusion that it's a bad idea so that the employee now can see the thinking process that their boss goes through and teaches them how to do that so that the next time an idea comes up, they will hopefully duplicate that thinking process and decide for themselves it's not a good idea. And in the long run, that will save the employer time.
0: Well, it sounds like with what you're saying, and tell me if I'm on the right track, yes, and is more than just literal yes, and I'll make a sentence to follow up to you. It sounds like yes, and is more in, especially in the business world, more about acknowledgement of someone else's good, bad, good idea, bad idea, or otherwise. Would that be true? And how It, do you it think is that true. works?
1: Yeah, it is true. Yes, and is only one component of that. Like I said, if we go back to the conscious communication cycle, the first part is deep listening. Second part is self-assessment of your feelings. The third part is yes, and. That's the third part. So it's really only one part of that conscious communication cycle. So yes, I would totally agree with you that, that yes, and uh, is, is one piece of it. And and if you want to combine it all, it's about deep listening, about acknowledgement, about communications, about eye contact, and about some authentic response. And yes, and it becomes part of that, but not the entire thing.
0: And you would also mention if someone comes to you with a genuinely bad idea, instead of shutting them down, it can be a teaching moment. Yes, absolutely. You share, share more about that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I mean, I don't know if uh, if you've had this experience, but I, I know several people have come to me. I mean, I have a couple of kids. I mean, they've done that. I've had employees and friends. They have a great idea, and I know it's a bad idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I just know, right? We know because why? Because we've lived longer. We've had this life experience, but they're coming up with such enthusiasm and such excitement Now, I don't want to just shut them down and say, sorry, bad idea. Oh, that's terrible, (laughs) right? I wouldn't want that for me, right? So what do I do? Uh, What I want to do is, first of all, acknowledge them, saying, hey, what? I'm so glad you're thinking about this. I'm so glad you're putting effort and trying it. Whatever words you want to use, I want to show my gratitude to them for having the enthusiasm and the willingness to come to me with this idea. That's first Mm -hmm. off gotta do that it's gratitude right then secondly instead of just giving them the answer uh no it's a bad idea ask them questions so so if they say hey i wanna i wanna i wanna go into uh, my business i want to open up a, a lemonized business <laughs> i don't know i'm just making something <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. up right <laughs> it's something that we know it's not a great idea <laughs> so so what do you do instead of just saying no it's a bad idea and da 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 ask questions. Okay, tell me what your thought is and tell me how you get the products and tell me what your profit margins are. Tell me tell me how you're going to get your customers. Ask a whole bunch of ideas uh, so that they can think through that process and understand how you think about things and how you would come to the conclusion that it's a bad idea. And so it's a teaching moment because you have taught them what the questions are to be asked, what the thinking process is to that that conclusion. And hopefully they'll come to that conclusion with all of those questions. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I see. I didn't think about that. Or I forgot about that. I forgot, yeah, yeah, no problem. But yeah, and then they'll go back and say, oh yeah, you know what, you're right. So I said, you know what, yes. But now you know how to think about it for the next time. So for the next idea, And you don't even have to say that to them, but for the next idea, they'll naturally do that. So it becomes a teaching moment in critical thinking, a teaching moment in how to think through a process in terms of how an idea may or may not come to a successful conclusion. It's a teaching moment.
0: And for managers and employees, there's a lot of great examples. Entrepreneurs are another group that need to think on their feet, possibly even more. What advice would you have for the entrepreneurship world as far as using improv?
1: Yeah, the entrepreneur world. Uh, since since especially if they're solopreneurs, uh, I would I would encourage them to use mindfulness. Uh, in addition to the and, and combined with the improvisation, because they might not have many people to bounce ideas off, but they should. They should find advisors and peer groups in order to bounce ideas off of. But I think they have to actually be more mindful of themselves and the surroundings. And you can do that through uh, really through use of the right brain. You know, I mean, you know, we use our left brain in in terms of content of our business world, but there's an entire right brain or nonlinear thinking, to be more accurate, which includes creativity, uh, you know, intuition, imagination, and all of these skills that we do have naturally and organically, but I would encourage them to exercise them even more so. So for example, when they have an idea, work out all of the numbers, work out all the processes, but then put it aside and go take a walk in the park, go sleep on it for a couple of days, go dream about it, think about it, and use and engage the right brain, nonlinear thinking process so that uh, you only move forward when both the left brain and the right brain, the linear thinking, the nonlinear thinking, you know, agree on a subject. So I think there it's even more important because there's less feedback from mm-hmm. other
0: people. So what are some other principles that the listeners should be aware of as far as crossing, not crossing the line, but blending Improv and business, because I know there's a lot of them out there, especially with the wealth of knowledge you have going through multiple schools. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, they can use improv in a a couple of ways. Uh, Number one, as we already talked about, just be conscious of yourself and your surroundings, all right? Read the room, read yourself and read it more accurately and that'll give you more consciousness. Uh, We can use the techniques we just talked about from between employer and employee. But another thing that I find very helpful with uh, my clients is improvisational workshops. For example, I'll work with CEOs and vice presidents one-on-one to work in, in a coaching capacity, uh, but then I'll also work with their teams and create improvisational workshops that last for two or three hours. And here what I do is, is the following. Uh, I tell them, yes, we can have fun. Everybody knows that uh, improv is fun, and, and, and some uh, leaders only think of improv as entertainment like for their annual conference. Yeah, sure bring in an improv team and bring in an improv troupe called the Local uh, you know, the local improv groups and uh, come in and have 2-3 hours of fun. Yes, they'll do that. And all of those traditional exercises will uh, will provide team building will provide fun. will provide accessing of the nonlinear mind and let go of all of the stresses and the left brain work. So in that regard, that's a very successful program for any annual conference. But I like to take a step beyond. Mm-hmm. I like to talk to the, uh, the CEO, which I will do and say, okay, yes, you're going to get all of that. But I want to go deeper. Tell me about your specific issues uh, in your company and in your group. And they will do that. Uh, In some cases they will say my my folks are so stressed because they're getting five phone calls at once, they're getting bombarded by people. Uh, In other cases they're saying well they don't listen very well or the sales team is not, whatever that is. Uh, They will give me three or four elements of issues that they would like to see some improvement in their organization. And what I will do is when I design this two to three hour workshop is I will make sure there are exercises specifically for those issues and perhaps several of them, based on how long we can go. And in that case, what happens is, we'll start out with some warm-ups and relaxations and some fun games to get people loose and relaxed, and then I'll get into some of these specific games, which are just as much fun, but go deeper, because they are actually exercising some principles and issues that were brought up by the CEO. And what happens there is that they have an experience of it. It's not just a mental understanding of it, but they have an experiential uh, experience of it. And when that happens, it gets into the body and that's more sustainable and that is more impactful. And that in my view, I have found to be Mm -hmm. more helpful to people. So that's something that's very important. and, And it's a way to have, a blast of fun for a couple of hours, but also learn something
0: that could be pretty deep for them. So going deeper is important. It's more than just a, it sounds like it's more than just, and I I think this too, more than just a ropes course where you go outside, you do a ropes course and it's over. Improv should be something that you take back to the office, back to your business and Mm -hmm. utilize what the techniques that you've learned to actually grow your business or be a better leader or be a better employee. Would that be correct? That's totally
1: correct. Uh, It will have an impact on you and different people in I found that different people uh, in the group have different levels of impact based on how open they are, how relaxed they are, how much how willing they are to be a little bit vulnerable and, and play, just like in the ropes course, you know but, but here I think it's it's more pertinent and more pointed. Uh, and it's something that um, that an organization might want to do like once a quarter or something you know to sort of you know recreate it or, or move it a little deeper or move it to the next step. But definitely the um, yeah, the, the, the results are really quite quite profound.
0: And we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time mm-hmm. to leave the listeners off. If there was, you're going to tell them one actionable idea, the most important to use improv in your business life, right. do this. What would you reiterate that you've already spoken about? Or maybe it's something you haven't addressed yet, but just, if you take nothing away, do this with improv, what would you say?
1: Yeah. I would say take a breath and listen to whoever is in front of you and be willing to be authentic in terms of a response.
0: That is excellent, Bill. Thank you very much. And if people want to find you or your book, where should they go online?
1: Uh, Yeah, my website is my name, Billprinzevalley.com. And uh, the book is on there. It's called Improvisational Leaders. It's on uh, Bonds and Nobles and Amazon. If you just pop in my name and Amazon, the book will come up.
0: Excellent. Thanks again, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Climbing Podcast. If you'd like to hear from a lot more experts, the Idea Climbing book is now available at ideaclimbingbook.com. You can also hear more podcasts at ideaclimbing.com. Hope to see you in one of those two venues. Have a great one.